This is the Talking Property Podcast, brought to you by Rewed.com, the home of WA Real Estate. Thank you for listening to Talking Property, the show in which we discuss all aspects of real estate. Now, here is your host, Harvey Deegan, together with our expert commentators, Rob Druitt and Rod Bryan. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our Talking Property podcast. And we're looking forward to a bumper year of 2022, bringing you the latest news and the trends in property. We have Rob Druitt and Miguel De Freitas. Rob, first, welcome to you. Hey, how you going, Harvey? Very well indeed. Miguel De Freitas is with us as well. Good day, Miguel. How are you, Harvey? Very well indeed. And folks, uh, thanks for tuning in. And we're going to take a bit of a look at the year that was in 2021. And then Miguel and Rob have brought their crystal balls along and they're going to have a look at what we can expect in this year of 2021. 22. Fellas, before we start, Miguel, you have rebranded the Freitas Ryan. Tell us about that as far as your commercial arm is concerned. Yeah, yeah, we've rebranded Harvey. We've had a couple of changes to Freitas and Ryan. So we're now known as DFR Commercial. It's a nice rebrand, new website. We've had some teething issues, but yeah, we're pretty excited. It's been received well by our clients and, and the general public from what we've been told. Good. That's excellent. All right. Well, now, Rob, in a nutshell, how would you assess 2021. As far as real estate goes and prices and activity, quite spectacular. Not exactly what we expected when we're going into 2020, the first part of 2020 when the pandemic started. The thought was that the market would come back dramatically. Of course, what we didn't realise at that point, that's sort of around March and April 2020, was that the government was going to pump so much money into the economy, provide so much stimulus, and most importantly, that interest rates were going to plummet to the lowest in living memory. So all of those factors combined, and then you add on top of that, obviously a whole new factor, which was as a result of the pandemic, that whole notion of having your own home, having security, that all added to being a very spectacular market that ramped up through the mid to latter part of 2020, and then it just continued on right through 2021. And if we look at some of the figures, Harvey, it's quite spectacular when you see where we've come from, say the bottom of the market in 2018, 2019. In December 2018, rewa.com showed that we had 16,000 listings. So 16,000 properties for sale. Whereas just last month, December 21, three years later, there's exactly half that number. So half the stock available. So that gives you an indication that supply is significantly down. And that's a good indicator the market's been very strong because it's all being taken up by buyers. Then we look at maybe days on market to give a bit of an indication of how things were back in December 18, days on market. So how long basically it took to sell a home? 52 days on average. Today, maybe not quite in hours we measure, but in days, 16 days. Quite remarkable drop. So that shows the demand and how quickly properties are being snapped up. It hasn't really shown yet in the median house price measure, but we know from growth figures, Rewa said that we had about a 13 14% on average growth last year, but in reality, it's been a lot more than that. And I'm sure that the buyers that are listening will relate to that, thinking about perhaps properties that they missed out on or were looking at 12, 18, two months ago or two years ago and how much more they are now. 
And if we look at the volume of sales as the last figure, a lot to download here, but it just shows that in 2018 for the calendar year, we had about 22,500 transactions, that's sales of properties. And in 2021, we had almost 38,000, you know, more than 50% more transactions than in the 2018 year. So that gives you a good picture of just how much activity there's been, how much growth there's been. It's been quite spectacular. Rob and Miguel, our lifestyle has changed incredibly over the last two years. We could never have imagined what it would have been like prior to COVID, just what we would be enduring. We're finished up, we can go well, we can travel within Western Australia. We can't really travel elsewhere, at least not without a lot of issues. Do you think maybe people got into a mindset of, look, we can't go anywhere. We've got a little bit of spare cash. Well, I'll tell you what, why don't we upgrade our house? Or even why don't we use the money we would use on holidays to renovate our house? Very much uh, so. Don't you think, Miguel? Uh, yeah, and, and combined with a lot of people coming back, not that a, a lot of people were able to come back, but I look at the borders now with the situation, the borders have just opened and you can't find a rental. And, you know, if you look at the rental prices from 2018, Rob, they've probably gone up by 30 or 40%, in some cases even more, a lot of pressure because the people that were allowed to come back into the state from either overseas or interstate are staying put because they're saying, well, maybe I don't live in London. So I think it's a combination of things, but I think that's, that's also assisted. And also the fact that we came from such a low space with the housing approvals, Rob. You know, in 2018, you know, the, the housing approvals were at record lows as well. And now they're at record lows of all the government incentives. You know, they're at record highs and you can't get tradespeople as well. So it's created other issues. It's almost a, it's the old thing that you say it's a perfect storm because there's so many factors, factors affecting it. But you're right, Harvey. People have been saving money. They've saved a lot of money because interest rates have dropped so much. You know, and when you look at it, where interest rates have gone over the last four years, say, you know, they're basically halved, if not even more. So therefore, all of that money has got to go somewhere that people were spending on their mortgage. They're either pumping it in and reducing the mortgage further or they're saving the money. Then you've got the fact that, like you said, Harvey, that they're actually saving money from not spending it during that mm. period in the lockdowns and also not in overseas travel and so on. So they're thinking, well, where do I put that money? And... Then you add on top of that the COVID-19 factor about how much importance there is on your own home. People are stuck in their homes. They realise, wait a minute, we want our house to be nice and we're happy to improve it. And that money starts to get pumped into the economy. And that's how the economy works. The more it goes around, the more that it pumps into the economy and the better for everybody in employment. We've got some challenges, though. And one of the challenges coming through at the moment is the shortage of skilled labour. So hopefully when the borders do open, we're able to get people in and that will help with the shortage of labour. And of course, we've got cost rising at the moment, which is another important factor as well. So there's a lot of things happening. It's going to be a very interesting year, 2022. It certainly will be. Let's talk a little bit about that. The Reserve Bank, of course, don't meet in January. There's a gap between their meeting in the first Tuesday in December and then the most recent time, the first Tuesday in February. And there were some pundits who were suggesting that the record low cash rate would be increased just a little bit, but the Reserve Bank chose to leave it where it was. Were you both surprised by that or did you expect that that would be the outcome? Not surprised at all. Miguel? Yeah, the only thing I'm a little bit, because I know inflation and I know the price of everything increasing dramatically, so that's putting a lot of pressure, but not surprised at this stage, but it's, it's just around the corner, in, in my opinion, because inflation going through the roof. I think CPI figures came in at 51 
I haven't seen it that high for a long, long time, Rob. Yeah, that's what gets me. That certainly is one of our challenges. I think the Reserve Bank's decision to stop pumping or buying the bonds and pumping the billions of dollars into the economy was expected. We're at that point where that has worked exceptionally well with providing cheap money to the banks. You know, they've been providing money at 0.1% to the banks or 0.2% at the banks, and obviously they can re-lend that with a margin of a little bit under 1.5 earlier on, which provided a great stimulus to the economy. So it's smart and it's wise decision to ease back on that. It's the easy money which has driven the market dramatically, but probably more so on the East Coast. If we look at the growth rates across the country, they have been a lot more accelerated on the East Coast, principally starting with Sydney, Melbourne, other than maybe the apartment market. And of course, Gold Coast, Sunshine Coast and Brisbane, very strong with with strong migration happening up through there, which makes a lot of sense from the southern states. So eastern states is ahead of us. We tend to be counter-cyclical east and west. The first time that I've seen in my 32 years in real estate that every state every region, every capital city was going up in price at the same time. Of course, it was the perfect storm with low interest rates and all those other factors that created that. But we have seen a greater degree of rate of climb on the East Coast and the West, which would indicate to us here in the West that we've still got some distance to go. And that's what I out in 22. Now, Talking Property Podcast is now adding another dimension, and that is going to be your questions. And all you need to do, if you have a question for any of our experts, all you need to do is to send them on email to talkingpropertygroup, it's the one word, talkingpropertygroup at gmail.com. After the break, we've got a few questions already from those listening on our podcast. Find your next home in WA the easy way with the Rewa.com app. Keep the WA property market in the palm of your hand. Download the Rewa.com app today from the App Store or Google Play. With the Rewa.com app, you can find your next home with all the latest properties right at your fingertips. Download the Rewa.com app today. The latest properties in WA are there, right at your fingertips. So find the local agent, the right local agent for you by using the Rewire.com app to search and compare real estate agents in WA. We here at Talking Property are very, very proud that Rewire.com are our major supporters. Welcome back. And as we said before the break, We would love to answer your questions. And boy, Rob and Miguel are well and truly qualified to answer anything and everything in the world of property. All you need to do is to send your questions to talkingpropertygroup at gmail.com. Now, boys, we've got a letter here from Tim in Narrambeen in New South Wales. Hello, I enjoy listening to Talking Property. I have never visited Perth, but it sounds very inviting. The pandemic has made me rethink about my life in Sydney, and it seems that Perth does offer a great lifestyle. I live in the northern beaches of Sydney, and my house, which I've owned for nine years, is worth about $1.6 million. I didn't pay anywhere near that much for it, so I have about $900,000 equity in it. My plan is to sell up in a few months and move my family to Perth. 
I do not want to have any debt when I purchase a home in Perth. Ideally, I'd like to have about $100,000 left over after the purchase. I don't want to live too far from the beach. And as I work from home in IT, so will not need to commute each day, I just want to live in a nice suburb with a good high school and good shopping nearby. Could you please suggest areas that may be suitable? Good question, Tim. Thank you very much. Rob, first up. Right. Well, I think there's over 350 suburbs in Perth. So (laughs) where do we we start? And most importantly, when we relate to price, there's plenty that are within that sort of, would we say, $800 to $1 million price range that'll give you a nice family home. So really what we're talking about in Perth, we'd be talking about the middle ring areas. So that would be areas about 6 to 12 kilometres or 8 to 15 kilometres from the city. So still relatively easy to get into the city centre. And then in Perth, we tend to talk suburbs north, the suburbs east and the suburbs south. If you're looking north, you'd be looking around perhaps even Carinup, Kareen, Duncraig, certainly Greenwood, and as far as you go inland a little bit. You might be starting to struggle a little bit in Hillary's and so on, but some of the older homes through there, you'd certainly be able to get in that price range. There's just an absolute enormous selection of wonderful schools through that area and then if you looked east you could certainly be Dianella and Morley, Bayswater through those areas and certainly as you get down south of the river Victoria Park, East Victoria Park, Bentley, great areas there, easy access into the city, good transport and relatively affordable and there's a whole range of suburbs and further in the southern suburbs you know, Willerton and Bull Creek, who are well known for their the private and public schools in the area, Cardinia, and out just south of Fremantle, Hamilton Hill. There's lots of selections of suburbs throughout Perth that would fit that criteria. Okay. And, of course, Miguel, probably it's fair to say that your area of expertise is more focused on the southern suburbs. So what advice would you give Tim? Uh, yeah, well, for $900,000, as Rob hit on it briefly, there's a lot that you could get for the south of the river and even coastal. You can even go to Coogee, Rockingham, Mandra, if you wanted to go as far south as Mandra. But it does give you a lot of alternatives. Or if you wanted to live you know, somewhere like Banjup on five acres, you know, 15 k's from the city and 15 k's from the coast, you know, there's situations where you can go on five acres. So it just depends on how close you want to be from the coast. As Rob said, there's a lot of really good schools south of the river. There is Rossmine School Zone. There is the Willerton School Zone, which are very popular, and Applecross School Zones that are good selective schools. So, yeah, it just depends exactly you know, where you're commuting to for work. Yeah, it gives you a lot of scope south of the river, probably a bit more scope. Rob, would you agree, south of the river? Probably, yes. There is, I guess the bottom line for Tim is that the median house price now in Sydney, it depends on which particular company you look at measuring it, but it's, it's in the vicinity of $1.4 to $1.5 million dollars. Our median house price is in the five hundred to six hundred thousand price range. Now, if we talk about premium properties and locations, you probably are talking closer to the million in Perth, nine hundred to a million. But those properties that are nine hundred to a million dollars in Perth are three million dollars, two and a half million, three million dollars in Sydney. So there's a lot more bang for your buck in Perth. And there's lots of selection. So certainly for Tim and his family, there'll be plenty of opportunities to come over to Perth and find a very nice family area well within the budget with great schools. 
Good on you, Rob. Look, I've got another one here, and I think this is right up your alley, Miguel. It's from Merle of Corbinia, and she writes to us, I have inherited a sum of money, so I wish to start a gift and card shop. Trouble is, I have no idea how to negotiate to rent a shop. I don't want to move into a shopping centre, as I understand they may want to take a percentage of my turnover on top of the rent. So I'm more interested in getting a shop on a main road or in a suburban street shopping area. How difficult is it to rent a shop and what rental period would they be looking at? What do you reckon, Miguel? Okay, well, there's a lot of really good opportunities because the the commercial market is very different from the residential market. The retail sector is still finding it quite sluggish. So you'll be able to negotiate a really good deal. There's, you know, not too far from where you live. You know, there's a lot of empty space in Mount Lawley at the moment, Inglewood. Yeah, so there are good opportunities, even in the CBD. I just think you've really got to plan ahead, maybe get some advice from your accountant in relation to, you know, making sure that you've dotted your I's and and, and crossed your T's. But in relation to retail, Retail lease, you've got to have a lease for a minimum of five years. That could be either a three by two or a two by two by two or a one by one by one. So you have to enter into a minimum of a five year term, but that could be, as I said, broken down. Generally speaking, you need about three months gross rent as a bond at the beginning. So gross rent means the rent plus the outgoings. But as I said, there's a really good opportunity. Be honest, tell the agent that you're dealing with and the landlord that this is a new venture, but you are getting good advice and just be honest. And, and most people will help. You put you know and put their arm around you in relation to making sure that you are being looked after. But yeah, good opportunity to lease some retail space at the moment in Perth. Yep, good on you, Merle. Fantastic. All right, again, our address is talkingpropertygroup at gmail.com for listener questions. Good on you, Miguel. We're just about out of time, boys, but I'm gonna ask you one final question for our listeners to ponder your answer on until our next podcast, and that is what do you think the percentage increase in the median house price in Perth will be in 2022. Who wants to go first? Borders finally opening up. I think we're going to have double-digit growth. I really do. I know I've got personal family that is coming across. I think there's going to be a flood of people, not just from overseas, but over east that are going to want to come over here for work and just for lifestyle and affordability and peace of mind and also the fact that we are so remote and so protected and, and isolated. So I think we're going to have 13 to 15%. It might even be more, but that's just my thought. How, how, what do you think, Rob? Okay. From my experience with statistics and seeing where it's sitting at the moment, which is, I think, understating the reality of what happened in 21, you know, the median house price in River showed actually only 13, 14% growth, when really on the ground, there's a lot of areas which have gone up 30%. I think it'll feel like 10% but it'll show in the figures about 25%. Well, that is food for thought. Good on you, boys. Thank you very much. And we'll talk to you next time on Talking Property. Talking Property can be heard on a number of podcasting platforms, including Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Anchor, and many more. Whatever podcast platform you prefer to ensure that you're notified of new episodes of Talking Property, just press the subscribe button. Thank you for listening to this podcast of Talking Property with Harvey Deegan, Rob Jewett, and Rod Ryan. 